0: Hey everybody, what's up? Amir Fazeli here coming at you again with another episode of Bass Plates and Protein Shakes. Uh, today's episode we are talking about the difference between high intensity interval training and uh, low intensity state, steady state training for the purposes of uh, fat loss. So what are the differences between, between them and what are some advantages and disadvantages. So uh, About a few years ago, there was a sort of period of time where high-intensity interval training or HIIT training really got a lot of popularity and a lot of attention, and and, uh, you know, it was was, uh, made out to be this sort of holy grail and, uh, you know, this magical way to do very little work and lose a lot of fat, and uh, it was the way to go, basically. And uh, over time, as more and more research and sort of attention has come to it and also to low-intensity steady state... Activities, uh, we've began to sort of find out a little bit more about uh, what's what's true, what's false, what works, and what maybe doesn't work as as uh, much or as as uh, well as we thought it would uh, for both of them. So, whilst high intensity interval training has a lot of advantages, uh, it also has uh, some very real disadvantages, and both of them can be used very effectively to lose uh, body fat. And part of the reason why both of them can be used and why this understanding came about is partly due to the fact that we, over time, start to realize and understand that uh, fat loss isn't really something that that comes, at least in main part, through one particular thing that you do. At the end of the day, it's about creating that uh, calorie deficit that energy deficiency uh, of what you put into your body uh, what you consume and uh, what you end up burning through either exercise or non-exercise uh, activity um, or thermic effect of food and so on so let's run through real, uh, real quick through some advantages and disadvantages of uh, both HIT and uh, LIS or uh, low intensity steady state cardio and, and activities and um, then let's talk about you know sort of where you could use one versus the other and where you should use one over the other and so on. So high-intensity interval training typically uh, is signified by uh, bouts of really high-intensity work, pretty much all out, uh, followed by some rest period and then repeating and doing that for uh, a few repeats, a few sets. Now, the advantage is that it takes a much shorter time to complete uh, the other advantage is that it can be more fun and, and mentally engaging, uh, especially for some people, because uh, they typically be, tend to be more challenging. They typically tend to uh, cha- challenge you or, or push you to, to get a certain task done in a certain time period, or you know, you're, you're a race against time to get something done uh, a lot of times, uh, if it's to be sort of programmed like that and uh, so for example you know you could be on the on the row for 30 seconds and the challenge you could set yourself is how many calories you can row through within that 30 seconds so it can be mentally engaging in that reg- in that regards in relation to something like just going for a walk just going for a jog uh, where maybe it's not as uh, mentally engaging in that way so because of this and because of the fact that you can employ a greater variety of exercises when doing it, uh, it could be something that people look forward to more. And when they do that as the part of their cardio, they tend to stick to it a little bit more. Uh, there's, there's more consistency and sometimes consistency, well, not sometimes, all the time, consistency is one of the main factors of um, ultimately results. If somebody can stick to a program, then they're going to get results, even if that program is not the most ideal, the most efficient. Uh, you know, the best way for them to do what they want to be doing. And the other advantage is that it probably helps maintain muscle a little bit better than um, better than low intensity steady state cardio. Part of the reason for this is because by nature, high intensity interval stuff requires you to exert a lot of force and therefore create a lot of muscle tension, uh, call upon a lot of the um, motor units within the muscle, and essentially exert a lot of force and a lot of power whilst doing a lot of the movements. So this in and of itself can be a very strong signal for the body to uh, hold on to at the very least, uh, or even in some cases, maybe uh, in the long term, create muscle, develop, build muscle. So those are some of the advantages of high-intensity interval training. Let's talk about some of the disadvantages. Uh, One of the main disadvantages is that it can be extra taxing on the body and its systems. It can be very depleting, for example, uh, in terms of glycogen storage, and that takes more work to be able to replenish that glycogen storage. If you're doing things like full-on all-out sprinting, it can also double up as being very taxing on the central nervous system, which takes even longer to recover from. Uh, and so you've got to be very careful where you're coupling it with what exercise and for who, uh, because if, for example, some, uh, one, of, one of the one of the main mistakes I see being made with uh, the employment high, of high intensity interval training is powerlifters being within f- very, uh, you know very squarely within their strength block coming up to a competition they need to lose some uh, couple of kilos and they think that high intensity interval training is the way to go about it and uh, they end up usually injuring themselves because they're already demanding so much from their body and its systems particularly the nervous system uh, through their uh, high intensity squats deadlifts bench press and things like that so uh, if they employ Within that part of their training, if they do a lot of high-intensity interval training uh, in terms of sprints or what have you, chances are uh, they will injure themselves. And uh, yeah, just things don't really usually work out for, for lifters when they are close to a comp in the middle of strength blocks and they decide um, hit training is, is what they want to do to lose some extra kilos. So you've got to be very careful of that. You've got to be very careful of recovery and, and what you pair it with because it's just going to be extra taxing on the body to recover from. Uh, it's also not very fun um, when you want to do it on low calories. So we're talking bodybuilders coming up to competitions. Uh, obviously, as they do so, they, their calories drop more and more. And so it's going to be pretty tough to ask a bodybuilder that is on fairly low calories and already very low in energy and the, the, even the mental capacity or um, motivation to do even some of the basic things on day-to-day life to muster the, the mental strength to go through some high-intensity work. It's, it's just typically not going to go down well uh, mentally, they're going to disengage and probably uh, start to lose some consistency and compliance within their training. And, you know, at a time like that, we want to make sure that we are doing whatever we can to maximize compliance in, within the training, you know. So that's very important to be able to uh, keep that in mind. Now, um, the other thing is that. Alongside all of this, uh, whether they're on low calories and, and uh, going into some HIIT training or whether they're not on, on, low, training, uh, on low calories, there is an, an inherent risk of injury just due to the fact that you are employing more explosive, higher power, power output um, movements within, within uh, HIIT training. So you've got to be very careful of that uh, and you've got to really ask yourself, is, is the risk to reward ratio worth it here? If you've got a powerlifter, for example, or a weightlifter whose training has been going very well and they're close to a competition now, a couple of weeks out, things are looking good, they just need to drop a couple of kilos, uh, You know, do you really think that doing something like a high-intensity interval training is the way to go where they can potentially injure themselves and ruin the entire prep and be devastated? So you've got to really ask yourself that question. Uh, on a recreational level, obviously, a lot of those rules... Uh, don't apply or apply much less, so people can can do that. People who are training recreationally just want to get uh, st- stronger recreationally, want to get in better shape recreationally. Uh, obviously, not as much of a stress on the body in general. So you know some of those rules are a little bit more lax. Now let's go on to uh, list training. Some advantages. Well, the lower intensity is less taxing on the body, so you can pair it much easier with higher intensity training. So Uh, For an athlete or, you know, a bodybuilder, a powerlifter, a strength athlete, what what have you, whatever it may be, their actual sport training takes first priority. And so you need to be able to dedicate as much energy and power, uh, you know, as much recovery capability and capacity to the actual sport and the training of that actual sport so that they can recover from that. But obviously there's that task that we have at hand of them needing to lose some extra body weight. So we need to burn calories. Uh, but, and we can do it this way through keeping things very low intensity and still be able to uh, just churn through calories. That's, ultimately, that's, that's what it's all about. You're just burning more calories through the day so that you can create more of a calorie deficit in an easy way so that they can um, ultimately lose more body fat. That's what it's really all about. Now, uh, it's a little bit more manageable and mentally easier to deal with when you're on low calories. So that couples with that, and that's very important, you know, going back to what we we're saying about bodybuilders coming up to a competition, being on low calories, it's, it's just, you know, you're just cranky, your, your mood is, is uh, you know, different <laughs> every hour of the day, and you just need to get the simplest thing done just to be able to get there, get to the finish line, you know, the, the finish line is at sight. You just need to be able to get yourself there. And this is a way where they can employ a, a, a tactic to lose more weight, where they, where they need to lose more weight, to come in just right on the competition. And this is a little bit more manageable. It's mentally easier to deal with whilst you're on low calories and low carbs. You already, as it is, don't have a lot of energy to exert a lot of force, move fast, and, and you know do this, do that. Just going for a nice walk uh, or, or running, running uh, at a slower pace that's easier to deal with in that regard. And uh, the other thing is that it can be done pretty much semi-passively, right? Uh, you don't really have to think about it too much. You could do it as part of something else. Uh, you can just say, you know, I'm just gonna go for a walk at night after work. Uh, and, you know, it helps maybe relax you, calm you down mentally, but also you are you are exerting energy. So you, it's, it's a double whammy. two birds, one stone. Disadvantages is that, well, Frankly, for a lot of people, it's it can be boring as bad shit. Just going for for a jog, you know, for extended period of time to be able to burn the required calories that you need to burn, you know, doing it for like uh, forty minutes, forty-five minutes, sometimes even up to an hour, whatever it may be, to burn the required calories. It's definitely certainly going to take you much longer to burn the same amount of calories because your power output is just less compared to um, some interval training. So you need to be able to deal with that, especially, especially like in the in the earlier days when you're far away from a competition, where you where you aren't as on as much of a calorie deficit, you have more energy, you you maybe don't mind exerting more force, you know, doing uh, interval stuff. So maybe on those on those days in the earlier days, you could uh, not opt for low-intensity steady-state stuff. You can opt for the high-intensity stuff, some interval stuff, and then sort of transition into uh, low-intensity movements as time goes on because it takes longer to compete and and can be boring. Uh, Now, the other thing is that in some more extreme cases, uh, low-intensity stuff especially when done on an empty stomach and for an extended period of time can contribute somewhat to um, muscle breakdown muscle loss and obviously this is the last thing we want as uh, as athletes as bodybuilders as strength athletes uh, even as as any other athlete for that matter we want to make we want to be making sure that we're holding on to as much muscle as possible so when you're doing your uh, low lower intensity stuff make sure you're not on an empty stomach that's certainly not going to help you which sort of brings on to the next point which you want to touch on and that is um, fasted cardio it's essentially um at best no better than than doing it uh, doing normal cardio uh, at worst it can contribute to some muscle loss there really is no real um, you know, strong, solid evidence to say that fasted cardio really does go above and beyond in uh, creating a more fat loss or better fat loss or more efficient fat loss or anything better in any way really than, than, um, just being in simple calorie deficit, eating less than you're burning. It is ultimately the king. That's what it really comes down to at the end of the day for healthy individuals who don't have any particular health issues or problems, you you're, you can do intermittent fasting, you can do uh, keto, you can do fasted cardio. At the end of the day, the reason why you are losing weight is because uh, you are somehow, some way, creating uh, a calorie deficit. Anyway, that's that's maybe for another episode. Um, so you just want to be careful of that. Just. Just uh, be careful of how much you're doing, how much volume of low-intensity state cardio you're doing, and uh, in what kind of a um, metabolic state you're doing it in, if you're fed or if you're fasted, uh, if you've had protein recently, if you've had carbs recently, things like that, okay? So that's a little bit about uh, the differences between uh, HIIT training and low-intensity steady state training for the purposes of fat loss. Hope that helps you out in designing your programs coming up and getting shredded.